Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Welcome to episode number 275 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how my serve has failed me, what you can learn about it, and four different conclusions that I've drawn that are super valuable, incredibly important context and perspective to have, really just kind of truths and reality of the game of tennis and learning anything, any kind of physical skill, any any kind of uh, sports or discipline or anything you do with your body that you'd like to do well. This is super important context. So if you're working hard to improve your game, you're in exactly the right place. Before we dive into the story about my serve and what you can learn from it, I have a book coming out in May of 2022, and I'm super excited about it. I've been working on it for four years now. It's going to be published by St. Martin's Press. I'm going to go through the full traditional publishing deal and really excited to start thinking about the marketing and the publicity and stuff like that. If you'd like a free copy of the book and also be one of the first people to read the book, if you'd like to read it early ahead of time before the launch in May, then go to EssentialTennis.com slash book. EssentialTennis.com slash book. If you've if you've have enjoyed the podcast, if you've learned from the podcast, then this book is right up your alley. Very similar content, uh, content very similar uh, approach, and yeah, if you like the podcast, you'll, you'll really love the book. So if you'd like to get a free copy and read it first, go to EssentialTennis.com slash book, watch the video, see all the details, and see if it's a, a good fit for you. So my serve and the way that it failed me. In the past, I've never had to really think about my serve. I can't remember a time where... My coach had to teach me the right serve motion. I took tennis lessons as a as a kid, so I'm sure the serve w- was part of that instruction. But I don't have any like clear memory of like, well, here's the trophy pose, and so make sure you know your body is in this position and your hand goes here, and then the racket drops down. And you sw- like, I don't remember any of that. I remember always having a, a really kind of smooth, fluid, air quotes, natural serve. And up th- all the way through college and after college, I could hit a flat serve, a slice serve, a topspin serve. Never thought about it. <laughs> it was never never crossed my mind. Like I, I wonder how I'm doing this or why it's so smooth. I, I mean, as I got into coaching and I looked at my own strokes, I I could see and point out why and the things I did well. And and so I I had a, a you know a textbook kind of knowledge of why, but I never really thought about how I was doing it. I just always did it. And if you've been following my videos on YouTube over the last year or so, then you know that my serve has become a huge problem. It's become tight and jerky. And I've been, suddenly it's been thrust into my conscious mind. What's wrong? What's the problem? How do I fix this? And it's done a total 180, which it's kind of frustrating, but I also understand enough now as a coach that I'm not shocked by it. I'm not surprised by it. And I'm just kind of going through the steps to to learn how to do it smoothly again and, and fluidly again. And I think it was mainly a result of years and years of not challenging myself competitively, only coaching, and then jumping really 
headfirst into the deep end of competition and challenging myself as hard as possible. And all of a sudden, I started getting tight and tense and starting to kind of arm the motion instead of letting the big parts of my body do the work. So, how what what can we learn from this? There, there's four conclusions that that I take away from just the just the very fact that this happened, going from very smooth and fluid and natural to very jerky and tight and arming it, lost all my power, uh, lost my ability to hit a flat serve. Uh, recently, all I've been able to hit is a is a spin serve of some flavor, either some topspin or some slice, and it's just been a very spinny, very slow uh, delivery. So conclusion number one, from here's what you can learn from this and what it means for you, practically speaking. And you can use this knowledge to get yourself out of difficult positions and also just not be so hard on yourself and have a a realistic outlook on this sport of ours, this game of tennis and your own development and and creating better habits for yourself. Conclusion number one, we're going to talk about four conclusions here. Just because the right way to do something is, air quotes, natural, doesn't mean you're going to do it automatically. I hear this constantly from players, constantly reading this in YouTube comments, and I hear it from coaches too, uh, kind of three different things that all, all kind of stem from the same misunderstanding or thought process. Just swing fast and let your body figure it out. Like there's a, there's a whole kind of thought process or line of reasoning in tennis coaching that says, uh, if you, if you just do it, do it fast and relax, like your, your body's going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Don't analyze it. Just do it. Uh, this kind of second flavor of this is just swing like you're throwing a ball, right? Everybody says that about the serve. Oh, it's just like throwing a ball. So if you know how to throw a ball, by the way, that's a big assumption <laughs> that you you learned how to throw a ball correctly in the first place. But let, let's just say you do. Let's say you, you can throw a ball, which which I'm able to. I can throw a spiral with a with a football. Oh, just serve like that. No big deal. Just just think about throwing a football and swing the racket, and you'll have a great serve. And then the third kind of flavor of this is stop thinking so hard. So stop overanalyzing it. Just relax and it'll happen naturally. As long as you don't get in the way and you're not thinking hard about it, just relax your body and just just swing and you're going to figure it out. Well, if it were as easy as those three phrases, we'd all have beautiful, flowing, smooth, efficient strokes if it was actually that easy. Unfortunately, we don't automatically do what's biomechanically correct. And that's what people mean by natural, like the natural way of moving the body. What, what they're really talking about is the right way. Like there's a there's an efficient way of moving the body and using different muscles and allowing the body to flow smoothly. And that's the biomechanically correct or fundamentally correct way of moving the body. It'd be fantastic if that was the natural way we did things. <laughs> and unfortunately... We don't automatically do the biomechanically correct thing. What we automatically do is what our unconscious habits are. And our habits are not automatically good movements. If our, if our habits were all good movements, then we wouldn't need any instruction. We wouldn't need any coaching. And we, we'd all be automatically the best possible version of ourselves on a tennis court. But that's not the way real life works. And for me, because of all of a sudden adding tons of pressure to my game and lack of training and repetition over years, my my previously good habit turned into a bad one. I, I wasn't thinking about it. 
I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. I developed a bunch of tension and tightness in my arm and my hand. And that flowing smooth motion I used to have went away because of the poor input and the poor environment and training that I was putting myself through, challenging myself too hard, too early. And I developed some tightness and tension and it threw off my, what used to be a natural air quotes and natural serve motion. So just because the right way to do something is natural doesn't mean you're going to do it automatically. That's conclusion number one here. Conclusion number two from my story. Just because something is natural, again, just because you do something correct now, doesn't mean it will always be that way. This is a big lesson. It would be great if playing tennis was, air quotes again, like riding a bike. Everybody talks, that's like a big cliche in in the English language, like, like riding a bike means once you know how to ride a bike, you can't forget it. And you could not ride a bike for 50 years and get back on a bike and you just know how to ride a bike because you learned it before. Well, if you believe that, then I'd love for you to watch a video. I've actually done a podcast episode on this video before. It's, I think, just mind-blowing and incredibly insightful go to YouTube and do a search for Smarter Every Day. That's the name of the channel. Incredible YouTube channel. Smarter Every Day Backwards Bike. The owner of that channel, who his name is Dustin, he does an incredible job, actually unlearned how to ride a bike normally. He bought a backwards bicycle, one that when you turn the handlebars to the right, the, the front wheel turns to the left. And when you turn the handlebars to the left, the front wheel turns to the right. And so it reverses the training that you've received. And over months and months of, of difficult training, he taught himself how to ride the backwards bicycle and ride it normally, even though it was reversed. And it took him, it took him months to learn the new one. And then when he went back to a normal bike, he couldn't ride it anymore. <laughs> so he, he, successfully untaught himself how to ride a bike the correct way. And he he learned how to ride it the opposite way. So it's tempting to think that just because we've learned how to do something correctly once, then we're set. It's like we're set for life and it's never going to get untrained. It's never going to get unlearned and it's just natural and normal and you don't have to maintain it. You don't have to continue to train it and you can just ride off into the sunset with your, your perfect habits. And unfortunately, it is possible to lose good habits. If you don't maintain those good habits and you start doing things that are not good habits instead, then those those previously good habits can be replaced. And it's important to keep that in mind. And my example with my serve is a perfect example of that. So that's takeaway number two. Just because something is natural for you now doesn't mean it will always be that way. Big takeaway number three. To change a bad habit, movements need to be taken from unconscious to conscious, meaning what you're doing automatically now, you need to start thinking about in the front of your mind. It can't stay in your subconscious or else it will never change. And there's only one exception to this. If you're either very young and or very talented and extremely athletically you know, gifted, it is possible to just do it and then have it automatically be correct. It is possible for young you know, children and also extremely talented adults and or you know, talented children, it is possible for somebody to say, hey, just relax and just do it natural and have the automatic expression of that person be 
fundamentally correct, biomechanically correct. For most of us, myself included, we're not that lucky. It would be fantastic if I could just tell myself, oh, just do it this way, and I would just do it that way. I am not that lucky. Most people are not that lucky, which means whatever we do without thinking must be thought about. Otherwise, there's no chance it's going to change. Just, It's not going to just automatically evolve into something better without pulling it out from your subconscious and essentially forcing yourself to do it a new and different and better way. And the drills that I'm doing right now are bringing new awareness to my body and my mind that I didn't have before. Initially, I, I didn't actually really know why my serve had gotten so tight and tense. I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And after a while, I, I figured it out. And now I've developed some drills to work on it. And I'm slowly gaining more and more awareness of which one is the right one, which one is the wrong one. And now I'm slowly gaining the ability to consciously choose and develop the correct movement. And that's slowly taking over the recent bad movement. And so I'm retraining myself again. And if you don't know what you're doing, you're just going to keep doing the old one. <laughs> if, if you have no conscious awareness of what your current habit is, how can you possibly hope to change it into something different and better? It's not going to just organically flower into a beautiful, perfect habit if you just leave it alone and just try hard and relax. Again, for some people, that's possible. But for the vast majority of us, it's, it's not in the cards, unfortunately. Sorry if that's a if that's a big if that's a big bummer, but if you've been working on your game for for any length of time, you've probably come to that conclusion on your own anyway, unless you're a very gifted person athletically. So that's number three. And takeaway number four, conclusion number four that I've personally learned and I'm just highlighting for everybody today. Just because you know something doesn't mean you can simply decide to do it. I've just kind of briefly touched on this already in this episode. I can't tell you, as a somebody who's been posting their matches and their training sessions on YouTube for over a year now, and I've been posting videos on YouTube for, for a dozen years, so I'm very used to seeing critiques and feedback and negative commentary in the comments section of my videos. And I had somebody comment on one of my videos just recently saying, Ian, your, your forehand is still late. This is somebody who comments relatively frequently and made a comment about this months ago and just recently left a comment saying, hey, Ian, remember that thing I told you about? You're still doing it wrong. And I said, yeah, I know I'm still doing it wrong. If you check in with my game 20 years from now, I'll, air quotes, still be doing many, many, many things wrong. <laughs> like I, 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 don't ha- I don't have any kind of like uh, illusion that I'm going to somehow get to the point where I perfect all my movements. And right now I'm not working on my forehand. I'm I'm not uh, trying to change or improve my forehand. I've got a project on my serve and a project on my backhand that I'm working on. I, I only have so many, you know, so much time for so many repetitions. So yes, I knew that when he told me six months ago, but that knowledge doesn't just automatically flip a switch in my brain and change the way my body moves. It doesn't work that way either. My habit doesn't change just because I know I'm doing it wrong. Knowledge or knowing your flaws isn't a substitute for training. Training the new, better thing is still required before it can ever become a new automatic technique. 
And it could be that maybe once it's pointed out, I could actually do it the right way while thinking about it. But if I went and played a match, it wouldn't be the new thing because now my attention is on all kinds of other things like my footwork and positioning and my opponent's you know strengths and weaknesses and what tactics I'm using and targets and patterns. And like my mind is, is shifting over to all kinds of other stuff. So the new thing that I can maybe do while thinking about it is not going to happen under the stress of a match. So critical, critical takeaway. And here's the four conclusions again. Number one, just because the right way to do something is, air quotes, natural, doesn't mean you're going to do it automatically. Number two, just because something is natural for you now, doesn't mean it will always be that way. Number three, to change a bad habit, movements need to be taken from unconscious to conscious. Otherwise, Those habits won't ever change. They will remain exactly the same. And number four, just because you know something doesn't mean you can simply decide to do it. You still have to train whatever that thing is that you know you're supposed to do until it's an automatic habit. If you want to see the drills that I'm doing to regain my old what used to be unconscious motion, then you can go to the Essential Tennis YouTube channel And the title of a video I just posted, I think about a week ago, is Improving My Serve Power with These Drills. You could actually just type that into YouTube search and it'll probably bring the video up. Or you can add Essential Tennis, Improving My Serve Power with These Drills. And you can see me working through those training progressions to bring awareness, to uh, draw attention to myself consciously to the flaw that had crept into my serve and move it in the right direction. It's it's getting better one little step at a time. And that's the process for all of us. No matter how long we've been playing or what level we are, or even, to a certain extent, how good of an athlete we are, we still have to train. That training might be longer or shorter for different people, but we still have to go through the work of training that new and improved habit. Thanks so much for listening today. Hopefully this brought some new perspective and understanding to your game. And again, if you'd like a free early copy of my book coming out in May, make sure to go to EssentialTennis.com slash book. Thanks so much for listening. Take care, and I'll catch you in the next episode. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com, where you'll find hundreds of video audio and written lessons also be sure to subscribe to essential tennis on itunes and youtube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players thank you so much for listening today take care and good luck with your tennis